Hello and welcome to the Birth Stories podcast. I'm your host, Chase. This is a place where women share their unique pregnancy journeys, birth stories and postpartum experiences. We hope to help educate future mothers and allow them to have a safe and positive experience. So since birthing my daughter and becoming a mum, I believe sharing our experiences helps us process them, as well as educates parents-to-be on what may lie ahead. Enjoy the show. I'm so excited for you to hear our first episode. I speak to Olivia Hinge. She is a midwife and a lactation consultant, and we go through all three of her births. We cover her original hope for a home birth, which actually resulted in being transferred to hospital, as well as her breastfeeding journeys that actually inspired her to retrain as a lactation consultant herself and help other women on their breastfeeding journeys. Enjoy. Hello, Olivia. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Okay, cool. Let's jump straight into it. Can you tell me um, a bit about yourself and your family? Um, So I am a mother of three children. I have a seven-year-old, a four-year-old and a 10-month-old. I live in London and I I work as an NHS midwife on a labour ward in a big, in a very big trust. And I'm also a lactation consultant. Um, I don't work privately as a lactation consultant. I just um, basically found a passion for breastfeeding when I had my first. And now I just share information on Instagram to sort of support families, really. Amazing. I know you definitely supported me when I first had my baby um, and found your Instagram so useful. So I will tag everything in the description of where to find you. Um, But let's start with your first baby then. So did you say they're seven? now yes yeah yeah she's i've got two the older two are daughters and then i've got my son as the younger one but yeah my eldest is seven amazing and so were you trying to fall pregnant when you did i was yeah yeah um i've always very much wanted very much wanted children um and my husband wanted to be married first so (laughs) that's what we did uh we got got married in the god when did we get married in like the august of 2014 and then we were going on a honeymoon in the January, so we decided to continue contraceptives until then. And then I fell pregnant with her in the July. Amazing. So it wasn't too too long of a um, fertility journey. No, I always I I always thought I would struggle to fall pregnant, partly because I desperately wanted it, but also sorry, that's the baby in the background. Uh, but also because I I'd always had really irregular periods, like really irregular. I came off the pill and waited well over a year for a period things like that um Mm -hmm. and actually to help with all of that i went to the um london south bank uni have a very low cost acupuncture student clinic and so i went yeah so i went there and and i saw them for ages uh, and they helped me get a regular cycle and that was well before trying to conceive so um Mm. I, I, I mean, I don't. What caused it then? Did you have maybe like PCOS or anything like that? Or was yeah, it just... I mean, I had sort of the polycystic ovaries, but not the um, other syndrome. symptoms. So rather than polycystic ovarian syndrome, it's more just polycystic ovaries. Um, oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. So that's most likely why. And also sometimes, I don't know, you just sort of think that's maybe just 
an irregularity in me like that's just part of me and it it, it can be complicated when you're looking into those sorts of things and fertility it's a bit like feeding your baby isn't it and having a baby we try and I don't know pathologize it a lot but um I think actually my body just needed good nutrition uh no um, hormonal contraceptives for a while mm -hmm. and it just needed you know I've been on them since I was about 15 16 so it was just my body just desperately needed a break and to find itself I think yeah, no, I, I love um, when people go sort of down through just sort of natural roots and just let their body do their thing and try and balance hormones like that. So that's so cool that you did that. So what made you take a pregnancy test? Obviously, I assume you were following your cycle. I don't know if it got regular by that point. Did you sort of have any symptoms? Yeah, it was fairly or... regular by that point-ish. Um, weirdly, I felt I had a stinking, stinking cold, like really horrible cold. And I went to my manager and I said, I was a community midwife at the time, and I was just like, do you mind if I just finish, I'm just going to go and do this one clinic appointment, and then can I just go home? I feel awful. Mm. She's like, are you sure there's nothing you need to tell me? And I was like, I've got a cold, is that what you mean? <laughs> I just oh didn't, gosh. I didn't, and she went, okay, Olivia, just, you know what, don't, don't do that clinic appointment, just go home. I was like, okay, great, thanks. Um, and I didn't know when I was driving home, I was just a bit like, oh that's what she means I as i funny. then had to undo the button of my trousers because i just felt so bloated um and i don't think i was tracking my cycle that particularly well at that point you know because i didn't i didn't look at like an app the app the tracking app and go oh hang on a minute um or maybe i was and it would have indicated i had a 28 day cycle or something and i was like my cycles are never 28 days they're always longer um I don't know I just I just did I just did one I don't even know why I had them as well because I hadn't I don't think I'd ever taken one before but anyway um, oh no I didn't have a pregnancy test so I actually used a um an ovulation test so, I used an ovulation. <laughs> so you know sometimes people say oh you can get a positive on an ovulation test if you're pregnant I don't know I, I don't know how that. to do that with. yeah but I got an immediate bright bright ovulation test oh positive oh my gosh so then I was like, oh, God, oh, God. So I started, like, panicking. I think I then ran out to the shops mm. and actually got a pregnancy test. How did you feel as soon as that came up then, that you were pregnant? Oh, just in, like, I, I'm a bit of a pessimist in a way, actually. But I was just a bit like, okay, this is exactly what I wanted. This is amazing. Um but I didn't let myself believe it in a way. Always been a bit like, no, don't really believe it because if something, you know, if you have a miscarriage yeah. or anything like that, then I'm just going to be so devastated. Like a but in reality, Yes, but in reality, you're going to be devastated whether you have that time having a moment of joy or you don't have that moment of joy. The, the devastation is going to be equal, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but I have always been like that with all of, all of the pregnancies. Um, I very much breathe a sigh of relief when I get to about 28 weeks and go okay it's going to be okay now but, course, and so no far down as but... well um most people sort of say okay 12 weeks I'm, I can get excited yeah, now I think I think yeah working a midwifery in a yeah. big referral unit makes you a bit more your view is totally skewed to talk towards some more more of the complicated stuff and so how did you feel, obviously, being a midwife, you knew, know so much about pregnancy, about birth. I hate it. 
Yeah, I, did you want to sort of be treated as a complete, um, without someone like without any person. experience? Yeah. Or yeah. Um, did you and, sort of want I, them? Yeah, I'm very unusual in, in that all of my colleagues feel very loved and protected within the unit that we work and they all book and have their babies where we work, whereas I'm the total opposite. I was like, I want total detachment from me as a midwife. I don't want work to come. I don't want coming into work to have a baby. Um, so I actually booked at a different hospital. With my first, the intention actually of that is that I don't live in the London borough of the hospital that I work at. So I couldn't have had, I wouldn't have been able to have a home birth. And with my first, my plan was to have a home birth. So I booked with a different, with a different hospital because I lived in that borough so I was provided with home birth services amazing so you knew from the outset I wanted a, I want a home birth that's that's my plan yeah that was my plan. and was that because of your experience and your knowledge around birth that you felt comfortable and confident that you would be sort of safe and happy at home yeah absolutely and that's the whole reason I got into midwifery is just this real belief and passion for normality and yeah, birthing at home is a continuation of my personal and professional beliefs. I've also, as a community midwife, I was the second on call for lots of home births. So I'd had a fair bit of experience clinically as a midwife with home yeah. births. And I was just like, yeah, that's, that, that would be my dream. And so what was your next steps? You must have sort of done your referral. Um, where you put, did you know any of your midwives that you saw? Did you see the same midwives every time? Or was it sort of a group um, of home midwives? Would I, they come to you? Uh, it was home birth, yeah. So I, they came and all the appointments were at my house. I had the same two midwives and they were brilliant people. My husband was around for a couple of appointments. So he really got on with them as well like they were really easy going like easy to chat to just really fantastic brilliant midwives and I felt I very much trusted their clinical knowledge as well which I think is a big thing being a midwife myself and it being a home birth I really I knew I had to feel confident in their abilities and I definitely did and were you sort of close to a hospital had you needed to be transferred for any reason were you yeah not too far away yeah I'm, I'm within a 10 minute drive just oh, me driving to about three hospitals so yeah brilliant um so how are you feeling then coming sort of towards the end of your pregnancy um in yourself yeah I mean yeah fine I mean it, it, I was just on a mission I was just like I'm pregnant I'm not ill I will continue exactly as normal um maybe a bit too much of that really because you are what your body is working really really hard and actually I think I should have cut myself some slack and a midwife um, you work I, long hours and nurses any sort of medical professional yeah it's really intense. yeah I, I was a community midwife so it wasn't I wasn't working the 13 hour long days and the nights at that time I was working more god I can't remember what, I used to do 10 or 11 hour shifts I think at that time yeah I mean it's still a long time to be going around and for any yeah. pregnant woman um but you felt fine in yourself yeah I felt absolutely fine I even did an NCT group actually because I was like I don't have any mates that have had babies and I don't certainly don't have mates that have had babies near me so and my husband and I wanted to be treated as a lay person so my husband and I pooted off to those um the NCT instructor was actually very very good I didn't tell her I was a midwife I thought that was a bit unfair and I very much kept quiet um 
I think I said one thing in like the last session and she sort of whipped her head around and looked at me. It was about cord, cord, cord blood donation. And I was like, oh, I think I might have heard that, that, that. And she looked at me. And so I went up to her afterwards. I was like, oh, I, I am. I think you probably sussed it. I am a midwife. She was, she was, she was brilliant. We had a good laugh about it. Um, and I, yeah, I thought, I thought actually the classes were very balanced and fair. And she spoke about, you know, all the pain relief options. There was none of this, you know, trying to avoid it. It was like, these are your options. You do what you need to do sort of thing. And she gave very good information. So really useful. Obviously, your husband isn't a midwife. I mean, I'm sure he knows quite a lot because he's with you and you must speak about it. Um, but he good for you to go and both... Um, no wonder home birth was such a good choice for you guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he was... I'm not sure... I said to him, listen, you've got, we've both got to be on board with this for this to work. And initially, I, I felt like he was 95% on board. But then once he met the midwives, he was, you know, much more like, Olivia, you do, I'll support you no matter what your choice is. And, and that's really great on paper. But I, I was a bit like, but, you know, I, I need you wholeheartedly to be into this. And, that, and believe it yourself as well. Yeah, and believe in it as well. And I think towards the end of it, he definitely, he definitely was sold on the benefits of, of home birth. And um, did you have any plans for like having a pool at home or anything like that? Yeah, I did. I did have a pool actually. Um, we did. Yeah. And so then, reaching towards your due date, did you sort of get that up, or did you have any sense of? Yeah, thinking, I think we did. I'm we did go do a practice over run. Or... We, we did do a practice run because on my on my sometimes it comes up in my camera reel memories. Him lounging. I think he blew it up when I was at work or something, and it, he sent a selfie of him lounging in a birthing pool in our sitting room. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, so yeah, we did. We did. I, I think we then took it down. We didn't leave it inflated. I don't think, which is a good thing because I continued my pregnancy for a while. Yeah. So you got to your due date and passed, or? Yeah, got to my due date and passed and just had this very strong belief that I would go overdue. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in my heart of hearts, I kind of was a bit like, I, 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 I can't possibly have a, a home birth, a successful home birth, because falling pregnant has been relatively easy. I have had a relatively easygoing, you know, pregnancy, no complications. Um, it's all too good to be true. I, yeah, I felt like it was too good to be true. And my mum had, um, basically, I mimicked my mum's first birth unintentionally. Um, and yeah, and, and I see that very much, you know, anecdotally, we, if people have a very quick labour, like a very quick labour, we sometimes say, oh, did your mum or your sister have quick labours? And 99% of the time they go, yeah. Mm. And so I sort of, and they, I think I always deep down in me had this thought that, I may I I can't possibly be so lucky and how did you feel say you got to 42 weeks were you then happy to be I got to I got to 40 well I got to 41 weeks and it was the weekend and we decided to go for a long walk Mm -hmm. in the countryside and that's not really me (laughs) I grew up in a bit of the countryside and I swore I'd never go back so we went for this walk and on the drive there, I suddenly was like getting really intense tightenings. And I sort of turned to my husband. And I was like, I don't think you're going to go to work on Monday. And he he just laughed and was like, yeah, OK. Um, anyway, we went on this walk and actually all these tightenings died off. Um, 
but yeah that was then the start of quite a long latent phase um so that was for 41 weeks and then she was born at 41 and four so you, you went in spontaneously when did things sort of start to pick up for you so we then just had a, just fairly irregular but but quite intense sensation sort of tightenings um contractions on and off then day and night for like these four days the the um home birth team came and saw me at home they said you know would you like a sweep initially i said no thanks and then i was like yeah let's have a sweep so i think at 41 and 2 i had a sweep um and were you dilated at all when they did that I think I was about a fingertip because she was able to give me a sweep. Yeah. So, of course, if your service isn't open, they can't actually get their finger in to do it. Um, very, very sweet, very sympathetic. But I was just getting really pissed off by that point. And I was Four like... days is a really long thinking, time. Yeah, and just thinking, do you know what? Unless I... Sometimes people have really long latent phases as the baby gets in a good position. And then um, and then their active labour is very, very quick. And I was like, unless I do that... This isn't all good. These, for me, I was just, you know, these aren't necessarily my midwifery thoughts. These are my personal thoughts at the time. And I was just like, here we go. This is the beginning of, this is, I don't, you know, I'm not, I, I then really had my confidence knocked from having a home birth, I think. Yeah, so did, how would you have felt at that point? Did you think I would be really disappointed if I did have to go into hospital? No, I didn't, I wouldn't, at that point, I was just a bit like, you know what, sod it. Whatever happens, happens. Um, and I think, I don't know this is all quite a long time ago <laughs> and a few you know and lots of and two other births after but I remember being quite pragmatic to be honest and mm-hmm. I, I was just like do you know what I just the baby needs to come out yeah whatever and happens that was, happens and that's the way it is yeah I did I did I was very much like that and I truly was like that I wasn't just saying to myself oh you know the you know it's whatever happens happens I was just like I'm okay with whatever happens yeah, I think it's such a good way. What the baby wants to do, it's going to do. There's nothing I can do to change that. So Yeah, um, and I, I, I've, done, I've done all the right things. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I've, I've done spinning babies since like 32 weeks. I, had, I knew I'd done everything in my power to get the baby in a good position. I'd been active. I'd walked. You know, I had done everything. I'd drunk raspberry leaf tea from like 32, 34 weeks. Like I had done everything. And I was just like, do you know what? this this is i've not done anything wrong here I, i've no. tried my it's out of our hands at this stage yeah it was at that point i just was accepting this is out of my hands yeah amazing so what was the next steps when did things sort of kick up a notch so then about on the third i don't know maybe the third day of this early labor i was walking up the stairs at about nine o'clock at night i think i'd cried and said this is all fucking shit my husband and so and sorry, had you even things. managed to sleep at all or was it not really no oh, not really gosh. on and off a bit um so then i was walking up we had very steep stairs in that house like really deep steps and i was walking up those thinking let's try and have some sleep and my waters broke it was oh a sudden shock yeah a sudden sharp gush and i was like oh thank god for that something yeah. might be happening now. this is exciting and then yeah and then contractions started regularly and that was about nine at night something like that and then i just i just labored through the night but we did i think i was so tired and i, I was promising myself that i was going to have a really quick labor now this is going to be it so i i feel now in hindsight i called the home birth midwife way too early um, and i got my husband to ring her and say you know can you just he was a bit like i think she's 
she's really wobbly can you just come and they were fantastic they just came sat in the dark they didn't do anything and just said you know let's just sit let me just sit and wait and watch and she obviously knew I wasn't going to be an active labor that quickly but I, I was just really wobbly I needed someone my husband was great but I needed someone else I needed that feminine energy Sicily. I yeah so and then i can't remember what time maybe six in the morning we filled the pool because i just needed something else i'd had a bit of entonox and i hated it i kept going this tastes like really cheap gin i hate it i really didn't like the taste of it can i have the real stuff (laughs) yeah 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 it was like this tastes like horrible cheap gin and i think it reminded me of being hungover and feeling sick with it so yeah, I, I just wouldn't stop going on about that. And then the other thing I wouldn't stop going on about was that my bum hurt. It felt like my the baby was breaking out my coccyx. Yeah. And I just kept going on. I, I just kind of, by about six, I got in the pool to see if it could pull me back together, but I just lost it by then. I was tired, exhausted, and I just wouldn't stop going on. And I kept just saying, my bum hole, my poor bum hole. Oh, bless you. I don't know why I had to say bum hole, but I was just like, <laughs> this, it hurts. It hurts my lower pelvis and my coccyx so much. It felt like my pelvis was like shattering with every contraction. I don't know, you know, an on palpation when the midwife felt my tummy, they were like, it really does feel like so the baby intense. is. Yeah, it is in a good position. We thought, you know, we're all thinking, oh, it must be back to back, but it really yeah. wasn't. So then I said, come on, let's do a vaginal examination. And, and is this your first one? Huh? Was this I your first so, examination? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was. Um, and she was like, oh, I can feel like bulging forewaters. So the water's at the front of the baby's head. So the waters that had gone, I was bad. draining loads of waters. But um, yeah, there was obviously, it had obviously broken behind the baby and there was a bulge at the front. So she broke my wall. She said, would you like me to? And I was like, yeah, get those bad boys out of the do way. Do it now. <laughs> Yeah, I did it, because that could speed things up. So she did it. I got back in the pool, and then I said to my husband, I was like, I want my mum. Uh, and luckily, my mum was, was around, because uh, they're not always in London. So he called my mum, and my mum came, and I never thought I'd be like, I want my mum. And my mum arrived, and she was just so sweet. She was like, you're doing so well. Uh, and then I think I rose out of the water, out of the pool, like a Medusa. I said, fuck this shit. I need an epidural. <laughs> You're transitioning. <laughs> Literally, I wrote, is it Medusa that rises from the water? I don't know. But I was, and Get that was it. Get me to that hospital now. Get me to that hospital. Get me something better than this crap entonox. How many like centimetres were you when they checked you, sorry? I was five. Okay. I get asked, you still yeah, had a way five. to go. Yeah. Did uh, you feel deflated at that or were you Okay. I think I was, I kind of, I kind of knew, I knew in myself, mm-hmm. I wasn't like transitional or anything, I knew it was my first, pre- my first labour, I knew, I sort of knew in my hearts of hearts, but I wasn't coping, so, and then I said, come on then, because it wasn't an emergency, I was like, come on, let's all just go in our cars and meet there, and she was like, do you want me to see if I could get an ambulance, and I was like, oh no, don't worry, you know, don't, don't take the service away from someone else, let's all just get yeah. in the cars. I was like, be, I'm taking the antinox in my car. <laughs> like, okay. I'm taking that with me. Yeah, that's mine. Um, and then I think, I think, I don't know, hospital policy or something. She she called the ambulance service and was like, you know, this is just, this is just, I'm just ringing to say we're doing a transfer. Is anyone available? I know you're going to say no. So then 
the patient would will decide to go in their own car. Uh, and literally, she hung up the phone, and within three minutes, there was a, an ambulance outside my house. Oh, amazing. So, yeah, they were dreamy. We had a great laugh. I continued to tell them that my bum hole hurt. <laughs> Got into the hospital. Wouldn't, was just, I was lying in, like, fetal position on the floor. No, not, child's pose on the floor. Yeah. I wouldn't get up. I was, by this point, I was like a stroppy, tantruming three-year-old. I was like, I've done. My bum hole hurts. My bu- I'll be here until I have that epidural. Yeah, basically. The the domestic came in and asked to change the bin. I said, yes, please, thanks so much. By the way, my bum hole hurts. <laughs> Why was I telling these people this? Brilliant. <laughs> and they act, I think brilliant. they were so bored of me screaming that I got an epidural really quickly. Yeah. They... <laughs> um, the, and, the, and it took a long time. It, it took quite a lot of work to get it cited. But it mm-hmm. got there and it was brilliant. Uh, and and then no I, sensation I, at all? Um, I could, but no, I could, I, I didn't have pain. My shattering pelvis pain had gone and oh, I was good. so delighted with that. Yeah. Um, but I, I didn't, just, I tried to have a sleep, but I'm not really a sleeper anyway. So I was just, I was on all fours leaning over the front of the bed. Um, hey, so you were mobile I, as well? Oh yeah, yeah. Totally mobile. Oh, totally brilliant. mobile. I stood up, I sat on bouncy balls. Um, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I didn't lie down particularly at any point. My mum Which definitely is so much better for positioning anyway, isn't it? Yeah, and it just felt much more instinctive. Even though I'd have, I wasn't in pain anymore, it just felt like this. that was the right, that's what I needed to do. So I just continued to do that. I, I think it's important to remember, if you have an epidural, you don't suddenly stop all your anything. instinctive birthing movements and all that sort of stuff. It just, mm. it just stops yeah, I just stopped shouting about my bum hole, which Amazing. was a blessing to my daughter. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> And then I and then I sort of said to one of the home birth midwives, who weirdly had been my mentor at a different trust when I was a student midwife. Oh, that's lovely. She was, um, I said to, I said to her, I was like, I really need to push, and she was like, just go with your body. So she was all like, basically that we weren't going to start counting pushing now. She was just like, just try and breathe through it, try and get the baby as low as possible. And then I was like, I could not stop myself, even though I had this really well-working epidural, I could not stop myself. Totally involuntary pushing. Bare, totally bearing down. Like, I was so holding amazing. my breath. And I couldn't stop myself. And, but I just had this feeling I was pushing against the brick wall. I was just like, nothing is happening. I think I'm pushing really, really well. And at this point, I have my fingers sort of on top of the baby's head inside me. And I'm pushing like mad. And there's no budge, no shifting. I'm like going and um, like like scissor legs, like kneeling on one knee and up my other leg was, my foot was up. I was doing everything um, to try and get this baby to sort of move as I pushed. And as a midwife, what were you thinking then? Were you thinking, is their shoulder stuck or something like that? Oh, I was just thinking, oh, bugger you know another blip in the road yeah. i wasn't actually thinking so much because I, I i tell you what i personally really didn't like the pushing pushing sensation it really there was something about it that absolutely it made me really freak out i really didn't like it just this uncontrollable urge and it was like deep in my stomach to push down and i just i re- i was really i was quite freaked out by it mm. um so I was lo- I sort of was losing it, and so the doctor came in. They'd examined me before, and I was fully dilated. The head wasn't that low, and then I was like, "I'm really not. I really don't like this pushing sensation. It's not getting me anywhere. I want to see a doctor. I want the doctor to come in. Um, like, 
I, I yeah I just want confirmation of the position the baby's in yada yada so they came in the doctor was fantastic she <laughs> scanned me and said yeah the baby's in a great position um and I was like just give me a big bolus on that epidural so that I some of this pushing sensation eases whilst we try and wait for the baby to move down lower themselves before I exhaust myself by pushing and I was very much this was a whole discussion this was I was very much a part of this plan. It wasn't like we're going to do X, Y, Z. It was very collaborative. I felt totally informed. I was making decisions. Brilliant. It was as good a situation as it could be when it's not how the birth that you want to have. Mm. Um, and yeah, in the long and the short, it, I just I just kept pushing, and I, this baby wasn't budging. So they tried a kiwi von two to cut the suction cup on the baby's head. That didn't work. Um, and then she said, you know, do you want me to try forceps? And I said, yes, I want you to try forceps, which I know most people are like, what? I, personally I think at that stage, to... you're just like, I need Yeah, I don't want to do all this and end up having a cesarean section. Um, mm-hmm. uh, that was that was very much my choice. And she gave me the choice. Um, so, yeah, then the forceps with a big old episiotomy. So a cut in the perineum to make space for the forcep blades and the baby's head to try and prevent having a third degree tear, basically a tear into the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, she, um, yeah, the, my daughter was born and she she screamed and screamed and screamed for the first hour of her life. And I felt so guilty because she had like, she had a cut near her eye where the, bla- the <sighs> forcep blades had been. And I felt hugely guilty. Oh, bless you. Yeah, and I'm sorry. I really feel, oh, feel okay. very guilty about it. I think in those moments, you do what the, the best thing is for you and the baby, and she was absolutely and fine. And it was the know? right thing for us. 100%. Yeah, she was absolutely fine. She's just that to her character. She's quite feisty. She does <laughs> You don't um, know what would have happened if you hadn't done that, so... It could have been a much riskier yeah. path to go down if you hadn't said, right, let's get this baby out. Um, yeah, you're right. You're really, really right. And, you know, I spoke to my husband for weeks, months about it. And he said exactly the same. But just as a mother, you... You have guilt before you even have the baby. Go. And it goes on and on and on. Yeah, and on, she actually still has a scar on her eye. But um, she loves it. She thinks it makes her look quite gangster. It's like a little tear drop. Very cool. Bless her. Yeah, she thinks it's great. I've got builders. I've got builders behind me. They're probably thinking, "Why is that woman crying?" (laughs) Um, (laughs) Obviously, (laughs) mum guilt is a real thing, and um, it really gets you, doesn't it? But um, you know, you have to do what is right at the time, and that that was the best thing for all of you. So don't be hard on yourself. That was the right thing, and I know that that was the right thing for us. but you still, it's, it's a funny old thing, isn't it? It's like, really I know tough. that that was right. And I didn't have birth trauma because I, I was totally informed with it. Mm-hmm. But I was so disappointed. Well, you are allowed to feel like that. And that's you know what's what, totally normal. You are allowed to feel disappointed. And I try and say this to people at work all the time. Like, it's okay to be disappointed. We, we're not guaranteed with all the prep in the world. I did everything right and I didn't get what I wanted. I also didn't. I also wanted a child that ate well and slept well, and I didn't get that either. But I can laugh <laughs> about that. But I can't laugh about the birth, you know. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, I do still laugh because I shouted my bumhole at everyone. But anyway, so yeah, she was born and she was in a wonderful condition. And she was fine. 
Um, and that was the beginning of our co-sleeping. Oh, and I lost a lot of blood, unsurprisingly. Okay. My uterus was exhausted. It had worked, you know, it had worked for four days. It was absolutely knackered. So I bled a fair bit, well over a litre. So did you have um, to have so any sort the... of transfusion after? Did you feel really weak No, I, d- I didn't need a transfusion. They checked my iron level and they were like, oh, it's fine. You can go home. So she was born at about... Eight o'clock. She was born at Handover, so I felt I was like all I was. I was like, I'm so sorry to the midwife. I'm so sorry. You're going to have to write your notes and stay late. I'm so sorry. Um, but um, and then overnight they were very busy, and I stayed on delivery suite to have observations. No observations were done, but I was absolutely fine. Um, and she was, you know, she was then uh, in my arms all night because she wouldn't go anywhere else. Understandably, her head probably was quite sore, and we fed and fed and fed lots and I knew her latch wasn't right her bottom lip was really tucked in so did you know lots um, about breastfeeding at the time um did you yeah, feel I sort mean, of really comfortable you obviously called... you're a midwife so you've got that experience yeah I was I, I was what was called a breastfeeding champion midwife so a midwife who showed who had an interest in breastfeeding and I did lots of the breastfeeding work within my community team were you excited um, to breastfeed yeah, I was excited because my mum had breastfed my, bro- breastfed my brother and I and she spoke fondly of it and I think in a way I thought, I, I don't think I'm going to get my home birth. I thought that early on, I don't know why, but I thought I will breastfeed this baby. I never thought for how long or anything like that, but I knew I was going to breastfeed my baby, whether it be, I just knew I was going to breastfeed my baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and as long as you then, have all this expertise in it and you're like I finally get to put this into practice <laughs> yeah I mean I wasn't I wasn't a lactation consultant at that point um mm-hmm. but I then was just like right this this is the hill I'm gonna die on I'm gonna feed this baby no matter what I didn't get the birth this is gonna be my healing and it was my healing but it was a very tough one it was as a, well. a tough one like I she had a tongue tie I had nipple pain for just weeks and weeks and weeks and it was, you know, I was treated for thrush again and again and again. We couldn't work out what the pain was, but that's where I met a lactation consultant and she was a funnulotomy, she did the funnulotomy, sorry, uh, and um, you talking to us, and yeah, so she, she, she was, <laughs> she was, the, she was the first person I'd met who was a lactation consultant and I suddenly went, wow. The breastfeeding that I do as a midwife is like 1%, whereas she does the 99%. She knows so much. This is an area of such speciality. Um, And she was just amazing. She was so knowledgeable about so much stuff. And I just, they say that you end up teaching the thing you needed to learn the most. And I needed to learn the most about breastfeeding. For me, that was very true. Uh, So, yeah, I, I then was... I, you know, there was all this, she wasn't gaining weight that well, and there was concerns about my milk supply because I'd lost a lot of blood, um, and, you know, I was told to pump and give top-ups, and I was like, sod that, I'm not, I don't know what went through my brain, I was just like, I'm not doing that, I can't be asked with that, which isn't, I don't think most people do that, most people are like, oh my god, I need to give my baby, you know, the baby oh, gaining so weight is the most important thing. It's so hard to pump in. Yeah, I think I just had this really deep-seated feeling that the breastfeeding was going to be okay. Yeah, and I can do this. I just sort of Such knew it was. Yeah, I was so... I, it was... You know, there was a point when both my husband and my mum sat down and were like, listen, it's okay to give formula if, if, if you want to, if you need to. And I was like, don't say that to me. I don't need to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Don't say that again to me. 
Uh, and yeah, so I just, you treep it on because yeah. it is bloody hard, and you're you're the only it one that can so, feed the baby. You're so, you don't get to sleep yeah. for longer than two, maybe three yeah. hours if you're lucky. So to yeah, keep going yeah. is amazing. Yeah, I, I just looked at her and I was like, do you know what? Even if her weight gain isn't exactly what they're for, what, wanting right now on the centile, looking at her. The proof is in the pudding. Yeah, and, the and pudding, you had that instinct of she's brilliant. fine. And I just had this instinct, she's okay. And actually, what's the benefit of adding formula? She might move up a centile, but then what, what potentially am I taking away mm-hmm. from her microbiome, things like this? And I was like, do you know what? I, yeah, I just had this deep-rooted instinct. And maybe then also, because she would have had a tea rather than your breast, it could have made your breastfeeding journey maybe mm. a few steps back rather than yeah. what she was used to. I don't know to. what it was. But eventually she started gaining weight and she ended up quite a chubby little thing. So it was gorgeous. Yeah, it was just us finding our feet, um, learning the dance, that sort of thing. Like we learnt the dance of how to feed together. Um, So yeah, it was, yeah, thank goodness that went well. Because I I tell you, well, establishing breastfeeding, I think, took me to the brink of my mental health. But then it was so rewarding and I loved it. And I fed her until she was three amazing that is so gorgeous and so to take you back a step how long were you in hospital before then for them before you went home oh, so the next the next day after the birth I was like can I get out of here they were like yeah, ready yeah, to go home. yeah and they were like I I'd been a student midwife at that trust anyway so I did know a few people and I was like can I just get out of here my husband can come back for the discharge papers and they were like, no, no, it's fine. Just wait 10 minutes and we'll do them. And of course, everyone knows 10 minutes on the postnatal ward turns into three hours. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we hung around and we, you know, I didn't have other children at that point to get back to. So we, we just hung around issues. and yeah, and we got home. I got home um, and bless my parents to come over to our house and they cleared up all the home birth stuff. So that was nice. Came back That's and ate good. pizza. Because, oh, no, because pizza is the food of the gods. <laughs> And how did you feel, obviously as a midwife, other than your feeding journey, sort of caring for a baby and your expectations of what a newborn is like, it's probably much better than, say, mine, who I'm not a midwife or have any sort of medical history. Um, so how did yeah. you feel in those first sort of four weeks of parenting? Oh, I felt really, I felt really bad that I had sort of been, um, I hadn't realised the emotional side of motherhood. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah, every time you're, you change your baby and they scream and they cry, it actually breaks, shatters your heart a little bit yeah um and yeah so i i was okay changing nappies bathing you know all those those things that lots of us struggle with initially as a new parent i was fine with but it was all the emotion i was just absolutely blown away by how emotional i felt about her and that every and just these deep deep instincts just to hold her close share my bed with her never let her out my sight somebody else like i didn't really want my husband obviously held her loads and that was absolutely fine and she was settled with him but she was a very um, high needs baby, uh, very much a, um, a dandelion, no, not a dandelion, an orchid. She was an orchid baby. So she needed attentive nurturing to thrive. Um, so that was quite a shock to me. And I suddenly was like, wow, I'm part of quite a cool gang of people. I think having a child really is a leveller with other parents. Like, you know, you can be the uh, the, the idol to all the other women but then you're like you've had a baby i've had a baby so actually we're on the same level here we've both you know we both find every bit of parenthood hard because 
it is tricky. I don't believe anyone that says, oh, you know, motherhood's easy. It's not. It's, I think it's the friendships um, that you make in those first few weeks and like the mum, other women that have had children around the same age, like the bond you form with those women is really strong. Yeah, it really is because you're sort of clinging on to each other a bit. Yeah, you're in the um, trenches together. Yeah, and so many of us don't have like family that close by and this sort of immediate village. You sort of have to make your village, don't you? Absolutely. How did you find co-sleeping with a newborn then? I did the same. Yeah, I just, I just couldn't, I just couldn't not really. Mm. And she um, was in your bed with was, the two, you, you and your husband. Yeah, so I'd always been, I'd always shared safe sleeping, safe, yeah, safe bed sharing information with community midwives because so many people always say I never intended to bed share, but we did, and I, I've always felt it's better that we know how to do it safely. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we 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 did it as you know safely as we could she was on the outside on a firm mattress no duvet no pillows near her um and we had a king-size bed so we were quite lucky that actually she kind of had a she had half the mattress to herself we were nowhere near her and then yeah we've come to the other side (laughs) i think sometimes but i've heard people say you know i I wouldn't do it but i said i said to some of my friends that that your baby sleeps (laughs) like i'll give you a baby that doesn't and you might change your mind (laughs) yeah it was exactly and i think lots of people are oh it's because you breastfeed them or whatever but actually it's a bit like well no, I've got loads of friends who exclusively former fed, and their babies wake up at you know a lot oh, as well. Absolutely, yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, it, it was the way to cope with it. And then she slept well for her the first few months of her life, and then from about three months onwards, she was a very wakeful, very wakeful baby. Uh, she woke hourly until she was well over a year. So it was yeah, motherhood. I think I was, I had the baby I needed. She was she was a labour of love, but so worth it. And it taught me so much about myself and myself as a midwife, like loads of things. And she got me on the path of becoming a lactation consultant. So it, it was all meant to be. Amazing. So when did you then feel ready to have another baby? Or did you? Was it a surprise? Um, no, no, we, w- we definitely wanted another baby. Um, so she must have been about two and a half, I reckon, when we suddenly were like, actually, life is a little bit easier. I was still exclusively breastfeeding her, very rarely wasn't there for bedtime because um, I would feed her to sleep. And it suddenly felt like, actually, she's okay now. Like my husband could put her to bed if I wasn't there um, and my cycle had eventually returned. So, yeah, we, we very quickly fell pregnant with her. Amazing. And how no, was that pregnancy? Yeah, I mean, exhausting. It's exhausting being pregnant with other children. I can um, imagine. Yeah, but it was, yeah, it was it was a, a lovely pregnancy. I, I felt, I just knew, I just knew I could do it. I was just like, I'm totally chill because I know that I can, I know that I will birth this baby and it will be fine. I just knew. How did you feel then as well, like heading towards the birth? Did you want to go for a home birth again? How did you feel about birth? I know obviously you didn't get the no, birth because... you had dreamed of. Did you feel yeah, any sort of complicated that, feelings towards that? Yeah, because I'd had that big blood loss, my husband was like, you know what, I don't feel entirely comfortable at home. And I said, that's fine. I'm happy. Um, I'll go into a birth centre then. So I had to have consultant, a couple of consultant appointments in the pregnancy. Um, and I just said, I will, I'll, I'll, I will be using the birth centre. Uh, and the consultant was like, okay, well, I'll allow it. I'll write it in your notes. And I said, well, I don't think there's much allowing. I That's where I'm like, going. 
yeah, that's where I'm going. Yeah, uh, or I or I'll just have the ba- or I will just have the baby at home, no problem. And she was like, no, no, okay, I, I understand. I was like, okay, thank you. Um, I'm glad that's clear. Yeah, I'm glad we cleared that one up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just went into the, the coming to the end of that pregnancy, just happy and just had real confidence in myself. And and yeah, I I also I was probably about forty one. I think it was forty forty for six, and I was in Sainsbury's with my daughter, and I was in such a bad mood. And I'm generally not that grumpy a person, but I even was a bit like, oh for God's sake, when like a frail elderly lady like crossed <laughs> the road or something, and I was like, oh something's up. Even she's um, driving then, me mad. Yeah, and like, that's not me. I'm normally like, oh, would you like some help? <laughs> so I was in a right old grump. Yes. Um, so yeah, I then I then would I then had a few twinges like every hour or so from about lunchtime. Didn't think much of it. My husband was working nights, so he was miles away. He was about an hour and a half drive away, uh, working at night. And yeah, I think about ten o'clock, I got into I just got into bed with my daughter. I just thought there's no point waiting for her to wait. I'll just get in the bed with her. She had a double floor bed. And then I just knew something was happening. It just became like two in ten quite quickly uh, at about ten o'clock. I bet those um, in cuddles in bed with your daughter would yeah, help the yeah, I, I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't sleep, so I just lay on my side and breathe through them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think probably about one o'clock I rang my husband and was a bit like, do you want to, like, just heads up, do you want to come make plans to come back? Uh, and he was like, yeah, I'll just come back now. And I was like, okay, cool. So he maybe got, I don't know, got home about three, four-ish. Um, and he just, I just let, he went in with my daughter and I was in our bedroom on my own. He rang my mum at about six, seven. My mum came and had my daughter. Um, and he just lay in our bed with it completely dark. And he slept as I just laboured with headphones on. Like, I, 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 I'm actually a hypnobirthing instructor myself. Oh, um, wow. I'm just, I'm just not a hypnobirther sort of person. Ah. I'm a, yeah, it's just not for me at all. I can't, I can't, I, I think it's wonderful for other people if you're into that and you can get there. My brain can't get there. But what my brain can do is listening, is can be completely immersed by quite high tempo music. Ah, okay. So, what kind of music are you listening to? Like a spinning playlist. Oh, wow. <laughs> so quite high tempo and I would just then that is amazing yes way and move to the music and like you just get that massive endorphin release as like the beat drops and you're like yes like it just gives you that like euphoria so that was what I was listening to and I was eating uh fruit gums uh yeah and then about 10 o'clock my mum took my daughter out and I went downstairs and I was like okay bye see you later she didn't ask anything. She was How did you feel? Minutes. Was that emotional? That was emotional because she'd never gone out with my mum when I was available. She'd been yeah. with my mum if I was at work, mm-hmm. but she'd never gone out. And usually she would have been a bit like, no, no, I'll stay with mummy. But she was just like, okay, see you later. And it was like she, she just knew. I don't oh, know. Don't, yeah, she I'll just cry. <laughs> yeah, she just went out happy as a clam. Um, and then, I don't know, about 11 o'clock, I, said, I suddenly had this contraction where I thought, oh God, I really feel like that's in my bum. Like I feel like I could want to push. So I said to my husband, do you think maybe we should go in? And he was like, yeah, I think so. Did you or your husband did... ever sort of check yourself? Because obviously you, you kind of can no. do that. But Yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't want to be disappointed. 
Okay. And I just thought, you know, I'm, I, I do slow, steady labours. I don't, I don't want to examine myself and be disappointed. So mm-hmm. I just didn't. I couldn't. You I set couldn't your go expectations there. to sort of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. I couldn't go there, so I didn't. Um, and I sort of told my husband about eleven o'clock. I was like, just get the car ready because he's he can be a bit flappy. If he's panicked, and he's like, I've already got the car loaded. I was like, wow. <laughs> I'm ready to go, Olivia. <laughs> yeah. So we, which is unheard of. So we had a good laugh about that. And then I turned to him and I cried and I said, I just can't do this. And in hindsight, I was transitional then. Wow. I was like, I really can't do it. Like the the it just felt like everything was so intense. Um and so then about eleven thirty ish we tro- I got into the car and I was on I flattened the front seat and I was on all fours mooing. Such a good idea, because that sitting up yeah, is I impossible. Sit down. Mm. Yeah, and I was like, if the police stop us, then hopefully they'll just escort us really quickly. Yeah, like we're in London, so we're just crawling along. We're not like bombing oh, it down gosh. country lanes or anything. Yeah. Um, and then my waters went in the car. And I was like, oh, wow. And my husband even produced a Paw Patrol bucket in case I wanted <laughs> to you in it. I didn't, but I was just like, just in case. He so was he prepared. Was like, yeah, he was. Oh, and he was like, an idiot, it's all over the seat. I was like, oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, so we got there, and then I arrived. The, the lady started to ask my husband questions, and I was, I just was wailing, I'm pushing, I'm pushing. Um, and this receptionist has obviously got these questions that she's meant to ask. And then she was like, what number baby is? Is this her first baby? And he was like, no, no, second. And all of a sudden, all these midwives ran out. Yeah, I bet she was like, oh, no. Yeah. So I walked <laughs> in the birth centre. I decided now was the time to rip my top off. So I ripped my top off. Of course. And was wailing, I'm pushing. And she was like, oh, don't worry, the birth centre's uh, empty, so it's okay you've taken your top off. And I was like, I don't give a shit. Uh, I think she was a bit like, oh, gosh. Um, so, yeah, just walked into this room and just, <laughs> just pulled my trousers down to my knees. And was like, I'm pushing. And she was like, okay. She was trying to be all calm, yada, yada. And I was like, listen, I'll have Sintometrin, which is the injection for the placenta. I bled a lot last time. I'm happy with Sintometrin, but I am pushing. And she she looked at me like, how do you know like all these yeah. words in lingo? I, I didn't say I'm a midwife, but... Um, and, then I, and then I was like, she was like, do you want to take your shoes off? And I was like, no, I'm pushing. She was like, okay. And then I was like, oh my God, I want to take my shoes. You know, you, I don't know. Like, it, it was just... Uh, absolute chaos with me being the most awkward difficult person in the world um so eventually a student midwife came in and she had gloves on she took my trousers and my shoes off for me uh, i pushed and the baby was born 20 minutes after i'd arrived wow and that was it we did you feel it sort was... of in any sort of shock because it had gone so quick since getting there no i just could no i just had this innate i'm gonna do this it's gonna this is how it's gonna be and it was so amazing yeah, I was just like, I did it. I fucking knew I could do it. I did it. My oh, my body amazing. the first time, it just needed, it just needed the path to be beaten. <laughs> so Is it healing yeah. for you, sort of? So healing, so yeah. healing. I had still had some breastfeeding challenges. The baby had a tongue tie, but I knew what to do. I knew nothing could be more challenging than the to birth the and the establishing feeding with my first. So I just knew I could do it. I just knew I'd been tested in ways that you never thought imaginable. So... Yeah, I just did it. And how did you tear or anything? Yeah, I did have a small second degree tear, which they put stitches in. 
Um, and that was a much better healing experience than my episiotomy the first time, which took weeks and weeks to be comfortable. Amazing. And I completely forgot to ask. So when you got pregnant with your second, obviously you were still breastfeeding, but had your periods then come back? Yes, yeah, they had. Um, and I, I, I knew that I didn't want to tandem feed. I didn't have that. Okay. I, that's not, it just didn't feel right to me. So the pregnancy was the great way to wean her. So I weaned her at, well, by the time I was 12 weeks, like around that time, she had her last feed. How was that? Was that emotional? Yeah, fine. Weirdly, I don't even remember it. I didn't feel emotional about it. I think oh, I probably amazing. felt a bit relieved. Yeah. yeah. Um, brilliant. And, and so your second daughter, she fed okay and it was yep, challenging still but better yeah but it was it was okay we got through it and then she fed until i was pregnant with my third amazing and similar thing your your period came back yeah yeah period came back a little bit quicker um and i fell pregnant with my third baby i've had one period then fell pregnant with him and that was you had been trying to fall pregnant it wasn't a surprise yeah 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 i wanted a third yeah very much so 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 gorgeous um and the pregnancy was was as good as the first two yeah it was i mean very tiring we then the moved house children, to a massive yeah. renovation project it's a hideous hideous house um so we had lots going on but no it was fine the only spanner in the works was he was breech at so bottom down at 32 weeks oh, um, wow. yeah so i did everything i did everything so and much spinning all my babies. colleagues were like what's the problem just have an elective cesarean and I was like I, I can't tell you I, I really don't want that um I just you know I don't have any problem with anybody else's choices but for me I really didn't want that did you enjoy um, your second birth not I enjoy is the wrong word but um did you yeah really no, want I, to recreate that it. again yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> I love yeah. That. and I yeah absolutely I would have done labor again the next yeah. day just for fun I loved it so amazing um, and that's what you wanted again for your third yeah but but then you i then had that creeping of doubt the third baby mimics your first baby is what they I've say i've heard that i have heard that yeah so i was a bit like oh my god i'm not sure i can do that but i sort of just knew it would be okay um i tried everything to turn him. um so at uh 36 weeks i ended up having an ecv Despite doing all the spinning babies, all the acupuncture, uh, I just did everything. Um, I ended up going to an old colleague of mine, actually, is at Kingston Hospital as a breach specialist, mm -hmm. Emma Spillane. So I was so lucky that I got in touch with her and she said, come, come to Kingston for an ECV. We have a great success rate. Um, and then if um, the baby doesn't turn or... Um, or you decide not to have the ECV, then you can come here for a vaginal breach if you would like, a vaginal breach birth. And I was like, that's exactly what I'd like. Um, she gave us loads of up-to-date stats and data, and it felt like the right decision for us. Mm -hmm. But I went, and the ECV was very, very easy. My roomy uterus, as the doctor described it, because I've had two pregnancies before, um, it literally was like a quick Chinese burn, and he was turned head down. Amazing. Uh, and, and it wasn't too painful. It was like a Chinese burn, but he was um, he was already sort of halfway. He was sort of going towards diagonal oblique transverse. So actually, he was already on his way round. But I must admit, I didn't fully relax that he wouldn't flip again. So yeah. I, you know, I'd go to work and be like, "Someone scan me, scan me, check." You know, <laughs> even midwives can work out what's ahead and what's the bottom. Um, so yeah, uh, he. But he did stay, and then um, with him and. 
Unfortunately, my waters went before labour. I waited three days, but eventually said, yes, let's be induced because, you know, risk of infection. And also, why haven't I gone into labour? Your waters um, broke just sort of randomly at home? Yeah, it was like a real trickle. I didn't really believe it. So for about... A, um, yeah, so I just didn't... It was a real trickle. Uh, and the first after the first day oh. that I felt this sort of bit more oh. dampness, I was a bit like, Samantha, maybe I should go in. And I was like, no, no, it's not, it's not. Then the second day, I said, maybe I should just go in. And he was like, will you just go then? Because you said it's two days now. Yeah. So I did. I went in and, and they were like, yeah, your waters have gone. When they did a speculum, there was a sudden big gush. So they speculum to check if the waters had gone. Uh, and I was like, oh, shit, this is How not How many weeks were plan. you? Oh, for, um, like 39 and 5 or something like that. Okay. Um, so, and then they said, well, we'll admit you now. It's nine o'clock at night. And I said, I'm not being admitted now. I'm going to go home. The baby's trace is fine. I'm fine. Like, no signs of infection. I'm going to go home. Good movement. Get my bag ready. See my girls. Tell them what's happening. Get everything sorted. And I'll come in first thing the next morning. So I arrived the next morning at about 6.30 a.m. And they did lots of monitoring, but they just didn't have the space or capacity to induce me okay. until the night shift. So about 11 o'clock, they induced me. Um, with a pessary? With a, yeah, well, it was a gel. That's okay. what that trust uses, the gel, yeah. Um, and very quickly, contraction started. And interestingly, it was like this bone-shattering pelvis feeling again. And I wonder, he must be malpositioned or something, because why hadn't... I felt like I, my body was trying to go into labour and it just didn't achieve it. So something wasn't quite right. But very quickly, I started having regular painful contractions so that was great and then I think I called my husband to come in about three-ish mm-hmm. um because it was getting really intense and then when they put me on the monitor to check him I was a bit like trying not to be a midwife but equally being a midwife and looked at the trace and I was a bit like he's starting to de- get little dips in his heart rate and have decelerations with the contractions which to some degree can be very normal but it's something that needs to be observed um so I then got transferred to the labour ward and I asked them to apply a fetal scalp electrode, which is where they can get the heart, baby's heart rate monitoring from a little clip on their head. It does break the skin, but it would allow me the freedom to move. And that's what I yeah. needed with the belt. I just couldn't move. No, you have to stay um, so still. Yeah. And I was starting to get that awful pelvic pain again. And then at about... I don't know, six o'clock or something, I was like, guys, I really need to push. I really need to push. And they're like, they were, okay. I think I did examine them out an hour or so before and I was about five or six centimetres. Um, but I was like, in faith, this is my third baby, this is going to happen quickly. And I knew particularly, you know, what does a vaginal examination really mean? Very little. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, guys, I really need to push. And they were like, yeah, okay, well, you were examined an hour ago. Let's just wait and see. So I was basically ferociously pushing. And his his heart rate monitoring got a bit worse and worse. Uh, and basically, they sort of said, no, don't push, don't push. And then suddenly I was like, guys, he's here. <laughs> I didn't know he was a he, but then, yeah, very unexpectedly, suddenly, I basically just, oh, actually, I had an epidural to try and stop myself from, to try and stop myself from pushing because the heart rate monitoring was getting a bit worse, and I was like, I've got to stop pushing then, even though I knew my body wouldn't lie, but I was just like, I don't want this to, this to become an, a real emergency cesarean section, so if I stop pushing, his heart rate may have a chance to sort of recover a bit, mm-hmm. so I had an epidural, and about 20 minutes later, 
he was in my arms. Oh my gosh, wow. Yeah, so, yeah, and I, I was disappointed with myself for having the epidural in some ways because oh, I was just but like, you shouldn't be. no, I really love the natural birth of my daughter. I didn't even have gas and air with her, my middle one. Um, but actually, and then, you know, an induction with, an induction is very, very different. In my experience, it was, it was a different experience. It was um, very strong contraction straight away. My pelvis really hurt again. Whereas it hadn't with my middle child, so um, yeah. Oh, sorry. That's okay. Yeah, you do what you need to um, do. You're getting a bit bored, aren't you? Um, yeah. So, so he, and he, yeah, and he was born, and he's been a dream and very easy ever since. Uh, and the house has been renovated, so that wow, <laughs> intense with three children. And a baby. <laughs> yeah, I wanted merry chaos, and I've got merry chaos, haven't I? Wow. And did did you find out with the girls what the sex was? No, I didn't find out the sex with any of them. Lovely. Oh well. And how was your breastfeeding with your son? Yeah, absolutely lovely. Straight away, job done. He he needed a frenulotomy. He needed his tongue tie released, mm-hmm. but um, it was yeah, I it was it was good. It was easy breezy. Oh, Still so is easy amazing. Breezy. I'm so pleased. Um, and... Oh, thank you. And I'm sorry for, for crying on your podcast. No, not at all. No, I think it's so so nice to be um, just super honest and vulnerable because so many other women will relate. Um, so thank yeah, you for being so cry. honest. <laughs> you nearly had me. I was just like, keep it together, Chase. <laughs> um, but thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for listening to our first episode of the Birth Stories podcast. A new episode is going to be released every week and that is on a Thursday. So next week we are speaking to Christina who actually only found out she was pregnant when she was already 25 weeks. So if you don't want to miss that, make sure you subscribe. I'm also going to be sharing some gorgeous images of the women we talk to and their families each week over on our Instagram page, which is at the birth stories podcast. And lastly, if you would love to come on and share your birth story with us, please head over to the link in our Instagram bio. Thanks again and see you next week.